Don't hear me. All right, there we go. So yeah, go ahead and say it again. Yes, actually, I, I mean, I was driving and saving up money, you know, and stuff, and eventually, I lost my sight. And what happened happened, you know. So you lost your sight. What what led up yeah. to the whole situation? Um, so were you, what what happened that day? Well, um, I remember September twelfth, twenty nineteen, precisely. I was conveying one of my riders to a destination and we we're stopped in traffic. And there's this security problem about Nigeria as well, you know. The security is not top notch. It's not like the US or, you know, other countries and stuff. Mm. And I was where in the traffic and I saw these two young boys. They passed um, by my car. Just I actually I thought they were coming back from work, people just coming back from work. It was around 8:30 p.m. And I looked through my side mirror and I realized that these guys stopped and they started coming back. And I think they already saw my phone. My phone was mounted on the dashboard. And that's how we use our Google map as Uber drivers, you know. And my phone was like a beacon. It was attractive to them, I guess. So they yeah. came back and the next thing I saw was one of them pulled, put his hand in his pocket and what came out of it was a gun. And I've never been robbed before my first experience, you know. I was in shock. Oh, wow. Like, what if this guy shoots? What if this guy kills me? What if this guy takes my life, you know? And I actually told my rider to keep her belongings under my seat. That's uh, my own seat because she was directly behind me. And I told her that, um, that she should just stay calm, you know. I just tried to make her feel safe. And she was panicking. And... Before these guys came, I actually um, removed my phone and put it right beside my legs. That's my right side, close to the gear, you know. And I reached out to the phone when this guy kept on insisting, your phone, he kept on saying your phone and pointing a gun at me. And I looked towards my right just to reach out to my phone. But as I looked towards this young man to give him the phone to wind down, the next thing I heard was a gunshot. Bang. And everywhere went black. And I was unconscious for a while. And the glass shattered. And it, luckily for me, it was a local gun. It wasn't a single bullet. You know, it was a locally made gun. They just locally made the bullets. It's something they do here. I mean, the cultism and stuff here in Nigeria. You know, and that was how I was hit, you know. I, it broke my two front teeth. As I speak with you, I still got pellets on my face. Mm -hmm. The pellets pierced both my eyes and my eyes literally ruptured, damaged my optic nerves. And since then, I've been a blind person. I can't see no more. Mm. So how old were you when this happened? I was 27 when it happened, 27 years. And how many years have you been living with it? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 29 now. I've been living it for like two years now. For two years? Yes, sir. So you've had to learn a whole lot of new things about life and how to move through the world. Well, it wasn't easy initially, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what... It wasn't easy enough. Yes, but I had to learn, yes, because I didn't give up. Yeah, so, I, you know, I've always, like, I've, I'll do an experiment blindfold and just move through the world, and it's so 
frustrating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> heightened awareness that you have to have. And, and even though you think you're on it, you're not, you bump into things and it's like, wow. So there's a new sense you've built. Exactly. I've learned how to navigate around. Um, I've learned how to navigate through echolocation. Sometimes when I'm close to a wall and I'm, I actually, sometimes I actually purposely, I play music and I did this trying to learn how to navigate. So I keep the music on, I put it on my hand. When I get close to a wall, the sound changes. Wow. So I know I'm close to a wall. So it helps me navigate through my home. And with that, I was able to learn my mobility improved. And right now I move around my house all by myself. I do stuff by myself. I mean, if you watch me, you think I'm seeing all the things I'm doing, you know. I move around so fast, you know, my house. And with time, um, if it's a place that you stay, you get used to it and you just move around like so, like you can see. Sometimes people think you can see, you know. But no, it's the mind having a clear picture, like an insight or um, an imaginary picture in your head of how your outlook. So I have a picture in my head of how my living room is, my kitchen is, my bedroom is you know stuff so that's how it works you know yeah they just have to have kind of the same place you put things yes yeah you see i get frustrated when when somebody moves thoughts that i've uh, actually put um by myself you know and somebody goes to move them i'm like i put something here it's not there anymore you know and, stuff. <laughs> and i tell my wife you take this from here did you pick this from here and i'm like uh Oh, yes. And she's like, yes, I did. I'm like, no, you should have done that. I'm used to it being there and stuff, you know. So, yes, it could be frustrating, you know. But my wife got used to it. And, yes, she, she knew how to live with a blind person. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been married? Yeah, I've been married. Um, We got married in January um, 2020. Mm -hmm. So I've been married for like a year. Next um, year, January, will be our second anniversary. Wow. So she, she, you guys got together. Did you know her before when you were sighted? Oh, what? yes. I, I've, um, she was my first. She was my first love. Um, uh, but um, we split at a point because we're still teenagers. So we're not matured enough. You know, we're still playing around. But huh? eventually, like um, seven years later, we connected back on Facebook we linked up on Facebook and I mean, the love started again and yes, eventually I lost my sight. I told her you can't be with me. I'm a blind person, but she said, no, I'm not with you because you can't see. I love the man I see inside you and stuff. So that's, you know, the romantic side of my story. She said, no, I'm going to be with you and stuff. I think um, that's um, four months later, we got married there about. That is so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> And right now we have a wonderful son, very handsome. I've never seen my son before, but people always tell me he's handsome. So yes, I believe people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. How old is your son? One year? Yeah, he's um, um nine months. Yes, nine months there. So fun. I have a grandson. He's now two. It's so fun. Aww. Baby, <laughs> so wonderful. I love him. They're just... I just love them. Yeah, there's this great, you know. Wow. It's challenging, though. I mean, you know, in in America, the men help with the with the babies. I don't know if they do that in 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 
Nigeria, but uh, yeah, the uh, it's pretty common here now for men to help with changing the diapers and feeding the babies. If the, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, not all men do that here because they feel it's the responsibility of the woman. It's like an African thing, but some men actually choose to be different and they change the diapers and stuff. If I wasn't blind, I'll be doing that. Trust me. Because I love my wife. I always want to support, you know, and stuff. But the, the last time I tried it, I didn't wear the diapers well. And she was like, no, <laughs> just don't do it. Just don't do it anymore. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even clean the pool properly. <laughs> oh, man, those babies, they blow out hard, too. Sometimes you, it's all over the place. You don't even know where exactly. to Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. If it was just always yes, a nice pocket every time, same consistency, it'd be no problem. But no, yeah. changes every day, those babies. Oh, yeah. So you've been married. And, and so how does it work um, with you? I mean, you're you're really into the audio world right now with Clubhouse and such. And you oh, make yes. connections. Yes, yes. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for Clubhouse and, you know, for technology as well. You know, um, I'm able to use my devices and my iPhone my voiceover is very helpful when it comes to um, helping the blind navigate through their phones. Um, it talks back to you. It's making life easy for blind people. We can communicate. We can use our WhatsApp. I started, I mean, I joined this Zoom link myself. I joined this podcast myself, you know, and yes, technology has been very helpful. It has been quite helpful. And um, with Zoom that, I was has, able to like almost all apps have blind features now. It's it's exactly yes. They, they put um, the accessibility so blind people can use them as well. And even Clubhouse, you know, Clubhouse is very helpful. You know, it's very accessible for blind people. I heard about Clubhouse, and you know, all those connections started. I started connecting with people, and in fact, Clubhouse have given me connection, and that's how I bagged an ambassadorship to be an influencer. You know, so technology has done more good to me and my family. You know, it's been very helpful. So Clubhouse uh, contacted you to be an influencer, huh? No, not Clubhouse. Um, somebody in Clubhouse, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that story. Yeah, I know that guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is a good guy. I mean, um, we're talking about politics in a room. Uh -huh. And I poured out my emotions. I... I complain about all what, um, you know, all the challenges of Nigeria and stuff. And they literally felt it. I made the room so quiet. And I think I, I got people teary when I shared my story. And this man just said to me, I'm going to reach out to you. I've got a company. We sell glasses and stuff. And he saw our glasses look on me. He says, I'm very cute, that I'm very handsome. And he says, he's like that. I look positive, even... Um, despite what I've been through, that I choose to look positive. And he liked that, you know. And he said, told me, I'm going to make you an, an influencer. And that's how I got my contact, you know. He reached out to me. And right now, I'm a brand ambassador. Yeah, that's really cool. And he's, you said he was he bought um, Billboard? In, in yes, I was actually on um, some, yes, on the streets. You know, my, my pictures are on the street on some billboards, you know, and stuff. It's actually amazing, you know. I, yeah. I um, one of the celebrities here reposted my post, um, showed my the picture of when I was shot, and it showed that I look now. So it's more like a transition from, you know, a caterpillar to a butterfly. So it so it showed my before and after picture 
and it was trending and stuff. People kept on commenting, you know, and saying, wow, Tommy, I'm so happy for you. Right on you know, Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram, yeah. Okay, so I'll use that as the cover for our um, for our podcast, okay? Oh, wow. Would that be good? Amazing. No, I'll, it's fine, it's fine. I'll post that as the cover if it, if it works. We'll see if it works. Yeah. All right. So, wow. It's, it's, it's amazing. What do you, what do you feel helped you the most get through the transition from being angry? Cause I imagine you were angry at first. Oh yes, I was. Yeah, I was. I remember <clears throat> I was so mad at, you know, not just myself. I was mad at you know, not being patient enough because I was all about money and not adding value to people's lives. I was so money driven. I was also not really mad at the young man that shot me. I was just in between. I was like, how do I process this? But I remember eventually after seven days of being depressed and suicidal, I wanted to kill myself. I I just felt empty. I, I, I felt hopeless. I felt Oh, how would I leave my life now that I'm a blind person? Well, you see, the beautiful thing about my story is after seven days of, I, I decided to make a choice. I chose positivity. And I told myself, okay, if I continue like this and I committed uh, or I commit suicide, um, what good does it? I mean, what do I gain from that? Do you want to remember as somebody that committed suicide? Or you turn your story around and be that hope booster. And you say, I call myself now the hope booster. Yeah. Why? Because I boosted my hope. I, I, I mean, I did it all by myself. And you see, apart from the fact that when we're going through stuff and people encourage us and, you know, and what have you, I mean, you have to encourage yourself as well. Yeah. That's where it starts from. It's not about, oh, people encouraging you and stuff. It starts from you. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, as a counselor, a counselor will guide, guide um, a counselee to making that better decision, to living a better life. A counselor is not there to help you make decisions. They don't make decisions. They help you make a better decision for yourself. So I was my own counselor. I spoke to myself. I had conversations with myself. Told me, do you really want to commit suicide? Told me, do you really want to do this? And I told I I looked at the other picture and I looked at the bright picture of okay you can be a speaker you can tell people about your story you can be vulnerable you can show up you can give people hope you know you can save lives maybe somebody might just be out there that is waiting to hear your story and because they hear your story they no longer become suicidal they have hope you know and stuff they are like oh if Tommy can go through this then why am I complaining I sing up my eyes you know and stops. So I realized that I could be that hope, that glimpse of hope to people out there. And that was how I started, you know. That was my inspiration to um, not give up and to, I mean, erase all those negative thoughts. And that's how I started. I turned my mess to a message. And as you can see, that's the hashtag I use most times. Uh, mess to message. I picked up the lemons. I turned it to lemonades. I, I, I saw challenges as my ally. You know, I focus on the beauty in the ashes. 
instead of focusing on the ashes, I focus on the beauty. I focus on the silver lining and not the storm, you know. And that's how I started, you know. And that, that led me to where I am today. Positivity and not just being positive, looking positive. And you see what looking positive has brought to me, made me an ambassador. The man said, oh, I look good. Despite the fact that I'm a blind person, I still choose to look good. And yes, don't just be positive, look positive as well, because people are watching, you know. Yeah. Yes, so Gary, that's 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 it. That's it. Wow. Uh, well, it, it leads me to question: like, people don't come to positivity overnight. Typically, did you have mentors, books, uh, leaders that you followed? Oh yes, yes. Uh, well, I didn't have mentors. I, I, I listened to. Um, motivational speakers. I listened to good music. It was a journey, I must say. I kept on listening to good music. I kept on connecting myself with the right people that would not come to pity me and stuff. They said they came to see my strengths, you know. So, so I was actually selective of the people that came to see me in the hospital. If you came to cry, I'll say no. I don't want you crying here. Please leave. I want somebody that will make me happy. I want somebody that will. Um, make me feel positive. And you see, I, I, I listened to music, like I said, I kept on um, listening to audiobooks, you know, um, the likes of Gary Vee, you know, and um, Tony yeah. Robbins, mm -hmm. you know, so that was really helpful. So they were like mentors for me, but they were not close, they were <laughs> nowhere near to me, but I saw them as mentors, you know, and they kept me going, and it was a journey, and you know, after those seven days, it was a journey, and I became better every single day. Wow. Wow. In seven days, you actually decided to flip the script. Oh, yes, I did. Now, was that the same day you decided to forgive your assailant, or did that take longer? Well, um, I think it was... Um, I, I, I was still in the process of should I forgive? Should I not forgive? You know, I was, I was not really angry. I was like, why would, um, um, he probably needed something. That's why he did what he did, you know? And sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe they didn't really mean to shoot me or something, you know, and stuff. So I, my mind was just, you know, I've always had these values of not judging people, not condemning people and stuff. So, I mean, forgiveness for me started from, you know, when we're in the hospital and I was discharged from the hospital, I spent like um, two months in the hospital. And when I was discharged and I just told my family, I wanted to go to the beach, you know, and I just wanted to go and pour out all the emotions at the beach, you know. And I remember stepping into the beach and I dipped my legs into the sand and the waves kept on hitting my leg. And I just stayed quiet and I connected to Mother Nature. I connected to the ocean. I smelled the ocean breeze. I, I literally felt um, little um, drops of water hit me, you know, and stuff. And at that point, I was listening to music. I was listening to Setting Songs by Passenger. Um, it's a song that really makes me connect with um, Mother Nature. Setting Songs is actually um, about um, how passenger goes to a particular place just to watch the beauty of the setting suns. And I've always loved nature. I've always loved to go to the beach when I'm feeling down. 
I drive to the beach, you know, and I, and that was why I told them to take me to the beach. And at that point, I just remember this young man that shocked me. And I said, told me, this is the time you let go. This is the time you set yourself free. Yeah. And you see, I cried up in tears. I was listening to that song. And at the same time, I was setting myself free. And I spread my arms wide. And I let the sun hit me so hard. And I literally could imagine a clear picture of the sun and the beach. And how beautiful that looks. And I mean, I saw life differently. I, I didn't see it in my own eyes, but I saw with my imagination. And, and Mr. Gary, trust me, that's one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I cried smiling. Tears dropped down my face and I was smiling. I know that. And that's how I set myself free. And that's how I forgave this young man. And I came out of that water uh, uh, a reborn person. I was reborn. And that's where it all started. I started to speak to people. I started my speaking journey and I started to develop myself and talk to people. I was able to forgive and stuff, you know. That was, that was the journey of forgiveness for me. You know, those tears were like confirmation that I have set this young man free. And that was how I transformed from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Oh, I love it. You are a butterfly. You are beautiful. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is such a beautiful story. I just really love it. Um, and I, I was Thank there, you, Gary. I was there with you and I could see it. I don't even know what the coast of Lagos or the coast of Nigeria looks like, but I was there with you. It was very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can imagine how beautiful the sun is sometimes, you know, when you just go to the beach and sometimes even when the sun is setting, when you stay till evening and the sun is setting and you see the reflection of the sun on the water, that was my imagination. That yeah. beauty of when the sun is reflecting on the water and, you know, how it looks so big and beautiful and like golden, golden orange and stuff. It's such a beautiful picture, you know. So, yes, you can, I mean, you can imagine that. If you get to hear this, if you get to hear this podcast, just try and imagine it. Even if you're not in the beach, sometimes just imagine that picture and, you know, connect with nature. Yeah. Yeah. So you're with the Blind Foundation there, like working with blind people? Oh, yes. I was able to start up my nonprofit, you know, my foundation. I remember um, on my birthday, I launched my foundation on my birthday. And what actually inspired that is um, in Nigeria, there's no support for the blind people. Um, there's no, unlike um, U.S. and other countries, there's always an um, allowance for blind people. Blind people get support from the government. But here... I mean, you are left to fend for yourself with all the challenges in the country. And I remember calling one man. He's a friend of mine that I made um, as a blind friend. He's a blind man as well, way older than me. I think he's in his 60s or so. And we had a conversation, a long conversation. I was like, what are your challenges? Um, and he told me, told me, ah, oh, my challenges. Right now, I don't know what my family is going to eat tomorrow. And this man literally busted into tears. He said, told me, I, I don't have money. I don't have food. And I tried to stay strong for this man. And back then, I didn't have money. I didn't have money to support this man. And, I, and when we um, ended the conversation and 
you see, I broke down in tears and I cried. And I was like, God, I want to help. I really want to help. I really want to be that help to blind people and to people with disabilities and stuff. What can I do? And inspiration just dropped in my heart that told me, reach out to people to help them donate foodstuffs like rice, beans, you know, our local foodstuffs here in Nigeria. I reached out to radio stations. I was able to create the awareness and people showed up. People sent foodstuffs, people sent money. And yes, by April 24, I was able to do an outreach. I, we gave provisional foodstuffs to um, 44 blind people. And I felt like one of the happiest person in the world doing yeah. that. You facilitated that just by telling your story and being out there. Exactly. And that's the vision that came to you that day. That's, the vision was you just have to, you just have to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So that was how I started my nonprofit. And as well, um, on September 12th, the day I was shot, I also um, reached out to juvenile homes for boys and also girls, you know. Um, it's um, a prison for a correction center for the age of age range of 12 to 18 children that have perpetrated crimes. So we actually go there to talk to them about forgiveness and the journey of forgiveness, how they can forgive themselves. I tell them the story of how I'm able to forgive the young man that shot me. So I think that just passes a message to them, you know. And yes, I, I did that last year. But then it was just an outreach. I didn't register my foundation, but I'm going to continue this year. So we are reaching out to Juvenile Home for Girls. Last year was for boys. So we don't want to leave the ladies behind, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to the girls this time. Yeah. Wow. So I want to do this till the day I die. I want to continue doing this till. I mean, I feel so fulfilled doing this. Even if I die tomorrow, you see, Gary, I die one of the happiest blind men in the world. <laughs> You probably are. You probably are. Do you ever have days where you just kind of go, oh my gosh, this is too much being blind? Oh, yes. Trust me. Sometimes it's, it comes, but you see, I've built this tolerance and I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, you fought it yesterday, you're going to fight it again today. So it doesn't really, I mean, um, affect me so much. It just comes and it just comes like a wave. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm alive, you know. And I tell myself, okay, you're alive and your life for a purpose. Remember all the things you're doing. Remember the lives you're touching. Don't stay down. Remember you picked yourself back up. And I tell myself those exact words. And, you know, it just goes. And those negative thoughts, just whoop, and it just fades away. Yeah. So you have to be conscious of, you know, how you respond to your challenges. You have to come to a position where you know that you have control over your mind. And you can't do that overnight. It has to be something you grow. You grow your mindset. You grow your mental health. You know, you grow that, um, those walls, those force fields to repel all those negative thoughts. And that's by building your mindset and connecting with the right people, you know, relating with the right people, reading the right books, um, listening to the right um, audio books and stuff, you know. And, yeah. and in this way, you build yourself and, when you stay positive always, um, negativity becomes history. I mean, you know how to fight, you learn how to fight negativity and challenges. You see challenges as your ally. You just see, I always tell people this, that when challenges come, just see it like you're leveling up. Something good is coming your way. And I have that same mindset to myself. So when challenges come, I just say, oh, my life is about to get better. 
So that's how I live my life here. Yeah. <laughs> be that way sometimes. That's for sure. Sometimes they're la long lasting and you don't see the rainbow, you know? Yeah. All the yeah exactly. But there will always be light at the end of the tunnel. And the storm will always fade away and the sun will rise again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me, I have a room that I need to occupy tomorrow morning early, five hours from now. <laughs> All right, Gary. <laughs> yeah. But we've done I mean, a, uh, ooh, about an hour. Thank you so much for this. Um, um, and yes, I just want to appreciate you because I know this is going to touch a life out there. And thank you so much, Gary, for creating an amazing space and bringing me up here. And I'm happy that I came through. So that yes, even if it's one person that this touches, uh, I'm so fulfilled. <laughs> thank well, you so much. We're gonna love your story, Tommy, and and I just really want to just share my gratitude for you and the energy you've brought to rooms uh, when we've been on Clubhouse to uh and the amount of lives that i imagine you've touched and lifted there has been amazing i know you did one Thank on you, forgiveness and you've done some rooms on some on some good you know elemental virtues and values that that are important and and of course gratitude being the one that i'm heavily involved in and i'm just really grateful Thank you, you, Gary. Because it inspires me. It does inspire me. Thank you. As long as there's life, there's hope. Yes. Yeah. That's true. So one thing is before we finish, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you're you are a pleasure, and I'm I know I'm gonna be bumping into you here and there and everywhere. Um in the uh, it's my pleasure. It's a privilege to be here, Gary. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to reach out to more people. So yeah. it's my pleasure. <laughs> I will get this finished up in a couple of days and we will, or within probably a day or two, and then I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. You'll be the first person to receive the link. And then I will be posting this on my social media and on my website, garlandpepper.com. All right, Gary. And then uh, thank you so much. feel free to share. Yeah. I can't day. wait. <laughs> yes. Well, I can't wait either. Um, I just got to get the work done. Um, yeah. It's been a true pleasure. And thank you very much. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Thank Gary. Thank you. Filled with love and light. Enjoy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 